Welcome to City Limits. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ian. Ian, I want to start by saying Happy New Year to our listeners. Yep, let's hope 2023 is going to be a great year for everybody. I'm sure it will be. So we were hoping we would have one more podcast in 2022. <laughs> and we thought it would happen maybe post-Christmas, before New Year's, but my mom went into the hospital on, New- on Christmas Eve. So that kind of that changed a little bit. of us for a little bit of a loop. It did, but thankfully, she's doing much better. She went into rehab and she just got home on Friday. So she spends a quiet Martin Luther King Day. Yep. And happy Martin Luther King Day. Mm-hmm. We did get out to see the embrace in Boston yesterday. It was. We tried to, we tried to squeeze a few things in. And that was one of the one things I wanted to go see was the, yeah. the new sculpture. And I will say, I mean, it's better in person than in, in photographs or videos, I think. Yeah. I thought it looked a little strange maybe in a picture. But when you're there around it, you get to walk under it. It makes more sense. It does. It's it's actually really beautiful. It was very, there was a lot of people there. There was yeah. a lot of activity going along. There was a lot of people smiling, but it was really, it was beautiful. I was I was glad that we took the time and then it started snowing, so it was even prettier in the Boston County. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it, of course, it's the Embrace is a 20 foot high bronze sculpture in Boston in the Common. It was inspired by a photo of Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife, Coretta Scott King. And of course, they met in Boston and that's where it all started. So. Yeah, it's very cool. It, it kind of went through the history of them, and how he went to BU and she went to the New England Conservatory and she was an activist before he was. Right. So, um, and it's a beautiful, it's a, it is a beautiful sculpture and it's the first one in a hundred years, I think, in the Boston Commons. And it was designed by um, a Brooklyn-based artist, Hank Willem Thomas. I just want to give the artist credit. It's part of a, a newly constructed 1965 Freedom Plaza, which etches in stone the name of 65, 65 civil rights leaders on the on the ground there. And then it has a nice quote on the back wall. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you should go see it in person. But it led me to want to talk about Quincy's efforts, I guess, mm-hmm. on... Um, and the liaison for the multicultural resident. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I think it's the name. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think we want to go through to the timeline for that, right? Just talk. Oh, about sure. That. Let's go through the timeline. Yeah. So it started, I think, or there was a vote in January of 2021 for a Department of Social Justice and Equity. Mm-hmm. Um, that was after we had a public meeting and people came out of like a hundred people came out just to tell their stories, what's happening. It's not just happening here in Quincy. It happens everywhere, but it's really just kind of opening our eyes to what's happening in our own community. Right. So the city council voted to establish that department, mm-hmm. department of social justice. And then in February, 2021, the mayor was mayor was quoted as saying, not sure such a position is necessary. Mm-hmm. And then in March of 2021, the administration announced its intention to establish a mayoral commission to study the city's performance on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Change his mind. He started starting the waiver, right? So in the May of 2021, counselors uh, sought an update on the establishment of that commission. Mm-hmm. And then July 2021, the mayor um, named nine people to an equity and inclusion commission, including Ward 3 counselor Ian Kane, who was picked to chair it, right? That's correct, yeah. And... The mayor said there would be some kind of report in the fall of 2021. I can't find the report. I don't think we got it. I hate to say whether or not we did or didn't, but I I don't believe we did. Whether it was shared in public, I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you know if it still exists, this commission? I'm not sure. Because I I did go on the city's boards and commissions, and it's not listed. So I don't think it was ever listed. I think think that one thing that I do remember was that they were having these meetings. I don't think there were minutes published for these meetings. I'm not 100% positive, but... 
it was definitely something that was put together by the administration yeah. and um, learnings that were found from it were part of how they developed the job description. Yeah. So that's July, 2021. And I think maybe um, Councilor Palmucci didn't vote for the budget that year because it wasn't included. Yeah, he didn't vote for the budget that year because it wasn't included. I didn't vote for the budget. He didn't vote for the budget either. But the, the, um, I think the other thing that's, that's, um, that's interesting is that you know, we always talk about transparency. This would be one that you do. You definitely want to have transparency on something like this because it's, it's important that we're kind of sharing with the community why we're doing it and, and the learnings that we have from it. Yeah. So then in January of 2022, I think it was the first meeting when you guys got back, mm-hmm. uh, city councilors continue to fight for the Department of Social Justice and Equity funding and ask mayor for 75000 for creation of the department and hiring of a director. Mm-hmm. And you recorded as saying, we want to make sure people feel safe, welcome, and heard nursing. Yeah. Um, and then some other counselors, of course, spoke out too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then June 2022, money for a community liaison to multicultural residents is included in the budget. Although I didn't support the budget, I did support that one line. So. <laughs> and then the job description, this is a synopsis from the ledger. It's a community liaison. Um, the new employee would be responsible for serving as the primary contact for diverse residents and businesses trying to reach the mayor's, mayor's office, advocate on behalf of the needs and requests of multicultural residents, distribute city information, ask for the input of diverse groups, and otherwise encourage and support multicultural residents businesses, groups, and organizations to share their culture and celebrations with our residents and the community. And the role is part of the mayor's office. So it's directly... Department's mayor. Yeah. yeah. And it's not its own department, which is what the original request was. Yeah. And Koch said he didn't want to rush into creating the department if it wasn't the right thing for the city and that he supports the creation of the community liaison position. He was quoted saying, I didn't have any expectations for the committee other than to have them look at things and see if there was a need for us to do a better job with our population, Koch said. I think the position is a legitimate, reasonable recommendation, and that's why we put it in the budget. Um, So that was in June of 2022. It's now seven months later. Of course, around the holidays, there were a couple racial incidents yeah and then a couple that were maybe had a racial aspect to them that can be debated i guess yeah and then if you look in the quincy sun you'll see like three or four letters mm-hmm. for it so it's it's coming to a head again well, um, and, and it should be because we're we're in january of 2023 right and it was in the budget and then we you know we just set the tax rate and we cut things out of the budget i don't know Part of that was, I don't, we don't know really, it, it, there's things that are cut out of the budget to lower the taxes. And this is something that was identified as something that was a need. And they're saying that they can't find quality candidates. And it's questionable because it's just, it's something that we need. And I know they needed somebody at the, um, I think they hired somebody in the schools they as do. well. Yeah. But, you know, there has been some, there's several things that have happened and will continue to happen if we don't actually kind of work with our community to make sure that we're, we're not just reading about it in the paper, but we're actually activating our city to be able to, to respond to those things. Right. So I don't, I don't know what the holdup is. Yeah. I mean, it's going to work directly for the mayor. Maybe they're running into people that actually want to do the job. It's hard because if you, if you in one sentence, the administration is saying that it's something that we don't think we need. And then they're saying we're going to create 
a yeah. job and have it work. I mean, directly the, that, that job description I read is kind of, I think, watered down. But that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what's concerning to me is that it says like, if you want to meet with the mayor, you can meet for these people to meet with the mayor. Anybody should be able to meet with the mayor. Yeah. But it, on the other side of it is actually understanding that you know when something um, that when something is done in our community that's against anybody. Um, coming together and actually acknowledging that it's not right and standing together and creating that educational forum to be able to 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 let people know, you know, how we can heal together is really the important piece. And, you know, we've had other things that happen. We had the North Quincy, I mean, the Wallison Tea Station where a 65-year-old woman was abducted and raped and she was Asian. Um, and, uh, and other things that have happened, you know, these are things that are terrifying our community and we need to be able to kind of have something that's going to help us work within the communities to let them know that there's safe ways to be able to communicate. Right. And, and I think part of what's missing from his response is empathy sometimes. Like, like you can say that wasn't a racial incident, but if you're Asian, I mean, that, that rings a lot of bells, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you got to put yourself in someone else's shoes sometimes. Yeah. Not just say we're a great city. Um, it, these are just things that happen or just one-offs. Or Yeah. And we're not even being politically correct because we're saying Asian. We should be saying API. But the point is, is that if you're not comfortable and you're fearful and you live in a community and you're saying, don't worry, you know, call 911, we'll take care of everybody. But it's scary. Yeah. And, and the city's wavering on whether to hire somebody or not. Take two years to create a position or mm -hmm. someone that's, you know, going to deal with, you know, alleviating some of the fears or making yeah. people feel comfortable, right? And I think, yeah, and I think at the end of the day, I think, I think we all want to make sure people feel safe, heard, and understood. And then also that, you know, that we should all feel that safety in our community. And if somebody's, ha something's happening next door and it's, you know, if I'm a person of color making a phone call, then I'm going to be treated the same as the person who's not. And, and many times they are, but there's a fear sometimes that people are afraid of. So I don't know. Do you think it's going to be filled soon? I, it's not my job. <laughs> no, I, I, but understand I, I don't, that. I don't know if it is. I know that I know I recently that they said that they were having a hard time finding people, but I think, again, this is where, where's the commission and how are we going about doing it? And yeah. maybe is it, is it too limited what we're looking for or too broad what we're looking for? I'm not sure. What are the limitations? Why are we having a hard time? Oftentimes, again, I'll go back to my own professional professional opinion, Kevin. If I'm trying to hire somebody and my job description is too vague, then maybe I'm not attracting the right people because I'm not being specific about what it is that's going to give them the opportunity to grow. Yeah. And what is what are those findings and, and what are the recommendations of the commission? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe we missed it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't miss a lot, but... I try not to. So, other, other communities seem to be able to seem to have been able to hire people. And yeah. They seem to be struggling with certain with certain types of yes. with certain types of positions, or they're not a priority. The question is: Is it, are we having really a difficult time, or is it not a priority? Or if you had candidates that came in that said no, understanding why they said no. Right, and you know maybe the state of the city. Uh, <laughs> I can see that being a, a major announcement, but maybe maybe, maybe that'll happen. Okay, um, so since we didn't have our last couple of meetings, <laughs> couple we, had a, we had a couple shows. of we had a couple of council meetings, and we thought we were going to have one more show. Yeah, and this is uh, believe it or not, in season three. It's hard for me to believe it's season three. Yeah, so let's talk about some things. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing I have on here is the setting of the tax rate. Do you yep. want to talk about that? Yep. So they set the tax rate, and I just want to start by trying to explain to people 
your assessed values did go up in your homes, but I want to remind people, and it's a it's a state regulation. You have to go out and you have to um, have them re reappraised, and um, and that is what what happens. But your assessed values are based on your homes are based on a year prior, so they're not based on the current market value. They're based on a year before. So it's 2022. Your houses are based on 2021. The Fed has raised the interest rates throughout. 2022, and you're starting to see a cooling of the market in real estate, but your assessed values went up and you're probably saying, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's based a year prior. That's right. why. And, you know, the amount of money that we spent, the budget went up by 7%. It grew tremendously. Right. You know, other cities and communities around, you can go and look at it. They only raised it two and a half, three percent 3%. We were up 7%. And on top of it, there's a lot of borrowing that's been going on. So some of those bonds are coming due. So at the end of the day, they had to artificially lower our taxes by borrowing money from stabilization accounts by $19.5 million. In the history of all the times I've been watching budget meetings, that has never been done. $19.5 million was borrowed in the stabilization accounts to lower your taxes. And if they didn't do that, your taxes would have gone up by additional $700 at the minimum house, um, appraised house. Right. And on top of it, your your taxes did still go up. So it's not like you got a zero tax increase. You still had your taxes go yeah. up. I know a lot of people, you can see it online and stuff, mm -hmm. have, have got those tax bills and are going, what's going on? You have to, have to set the tax rate because those bills have to be out by December 31st. And Happy New Year. <laughs> your bill comes just strictly right after the holidays. But, you know, the thing is, is that the administration will say we have to, you know, raise taxes because you have great services, but our services haven't changed. You know, we, if we're not number one, we're number two, maybe number three. Yeah. For services? That's what. That's yeah, so the, that's what the administration said. I'm not knocking the services we have from the cuisine. They do cost money. However, you're not getting, you know, it's not like every year your services are getting better and we're getting more, you know, you know, we're, we're getting more efficient at how we're doing things. It's just costing us more money. And at the end of the day, it's not your it's not your trash pickup. That's your trash is that's not a good example. Trash is costing actually more money, but it's it's everything. It's the amount of people that we're adding to the books. It's the people. It's it's the amount of things that we're doing. And we just talked about adding one position, but I'm talking about the fact that we've grown tremendously in the city of Quincy. We've added and new departments. New um, departments, and you know, you know, we have a special a special department just for downtown. We are we are. You know, just we're taking yeah. care of special special interests within the city of Quincy. We've added new parks all over the city. We there's new people on the payroll. There's new people. Some on of the them payroll. are included in the budget. Some, some are paid are, for other ways. They're paid for in. They're paid for out of the ARPA monies. They're paid for out of the TIF money. They're paid for, but they're accounted for because they're getting benefits and health care. And you know, and these things are frustrating to me because it is not transparent. We can't see. How many people, it's not lined items out. I don't know how many people we're talking about. And I can ask, some departments tell you, but for the most part, you can't tell in the budget. And the budget is a PDF. It's not a, you can't go online. You can't look at it. You can't see it. It's not a live performing budget. It's a PDF that you get with mistakes in it because- It's a picture in time. It's a picture in time. So <clears throat> at the end of the day, we spent $19.5 million more than we had. And they cut $3 million from healthcare because they hired a consultant but the consultant said they needed three, three more million dollars. But they came back and they're like, we don't really need this. So we can lower the taxes by that. And we don't have free cash certified. When they do have the free cash certified, it will go back to replenish potentially. Um, I believe it's it's our, um, our stabilization account. But 
but the point is, is we didn't have that done. And they said that that's because there's new, there's new reporting requirements. Every year we set the budget in June, you do your assessed values and you set the tax rate in November. That timetable has never changed. So at some point we've gotten very loose and goosey, loosey goosey with how we're doing our, our counting and it's very sloppy. And I'm getting very concerned about how we're going to go ahead because next year, next year, your assessed values will not go up by double digits and we cannot afford, we won't be able to go back and, you know, pay Peter, Rob Peter to pay Paul because it's just not going to happen. Right. So next year's increase could be. It, it really depends on what the, what the budget's going to look like. The, the administration likes to say all the time that we have assessed, we have excess levy capacity. And that just means we have good credit. Ken. It just yeah. means we have good credit because. When you say you're going to go back, we could we could go back and tax you thousands of dollars. Others in towns would have to have a two and a half percent override, but you know we have we have excess levy, so we can we can borrow more. But they want to see they want to see that we have money in our savings, our stabilization accounts, to make sure that we if we have a rainy day, we can pay for those things. But what we've been doing is we're lowering our taxes with our rainy day money. And of course. Um it's not just me speculating. A lot of people speculate, that, you know, because we're heading into a political season mm -hmm. and, and the mayor is up for re-election. Mm -hmm. So he's artificially lowering the tax rate. So um, it looks good. So it looks good but so it for re-election. But yeah, it doesn't look that great, though, because people are still upset because people are hurting. And it's not just seniors and the, the house rich, cash poor people. It's, it's, it's everybody. It's the people living paycheck to paycheck. It's the new homeowners. It's the it's it's everybody that's hurting right now. All right. So there could be a surprise after the election. Hmm. Oh, there'll be a surprise with <laughs> the taxes after the election. So all right. So anything else on that? No, just I just think I want people to realize they have the public forum for the taxes and they do it in they do that in November, December this year. But they set when we do the budget. That's that's when you can do the cuts and people will say, I have tried to make cuts. It's it's just the fact is, is that people need to be more. We need to be more. We, I ask people, make phone calls. Do not be afraid. Call your counselors. Let people know. Put some pressure on everybody. Remember that you cast a that you cast an important thing when you vote. Don't vote for people because we're nice guys. We're nice ladies. Vote for people who are going to represent you. Right. Because at the end of the day, the reasons why these things are happening is because Everybody says, nice guy that, that you know, we walk in parades yeah. and wave to you and get good pictures taken. But really, at the end of the day, this is your city. Yeah. This is your vote. This is your voice. And we can, we, can, we can have all the things we want, but we need to budget and be very transparent about what we're doing. Right. Okay. So the next thing that came up was the 100-year lease for Corey Hills Associates, Granite Lakes. Mm -hmm. Let's see. So there was an article in the Globe. Mayor Thomas Koch wants to give a 99-year lease to the private company running Grand Lakes Golf Course, a proposal that has some residents teed off. And then it said, while Koch administration describes the long lease as a validation of the remarkable public-private partnership that has created a jewel for our community, a driver of economic activity and a robust source of revenue for Quincy, critics worry about missed opportunities for public open space, lack of information about details, and the financial arrangements. And you were quoted in here as saying, it's a beautiful golf course with a beautiful view. I don't want to be adversarial, but I want to be sure we know what we are partnering up about. Any good business person would want to know the details. Yeah. I, you know, here's the thing. I went for the walk. I went for the, we went for the walk. To see then the you trails. took me on the same walk. <laughs> we went for the walk to see the trails and 
you know, we weren't even walking anywhere near <laughs> the golf course. And, you know, the, at the end of the day, they, it was a clear cut. Everything was taken care of. And you could tell, like, they want a lease. Yeah. Um, it's an election year. And, and they did it right before. They did it right before we went for the walk, yeah. And and my question is, it's more about when well, you were supposed to be maintaining that already yeah. in the current lease that you have that goes for 50 years. And it's not really written out in that kind of detail. So we have to be more prescriptive of what we want right. if we're going to give you a 99-year lease. But more important, you have 22 or 20 plus, 22, 23 years left in a lease. Why are we rushing right the second when... You know, the state does not have the plans ready for public consumption yet for the exit off ramp. There's rumors that they're also looking at the first book rotary. So before we can figure out what the traffic impact's going to be over there, I would be very cautious about setting a 99-year lease. We seem to be jumping the gun. And we have done that historically with this administration. We have to do it today. We need the vote now. It's going to happen. Or, you know, people, nobody's going to walk away. You have to yeah, nobody's walking away from them. <laughs> you have 22 years of lease. We want to work with you. We just want to make sure that we're actually working with the people that live here too. Right. And making it, um, you can't, whatever you want to do up there, you're going to have to solve that problem. And in the lease itself, currently the way it's written, um, Corey Hills, Granite Lakes, has no responsibility for that traffic pattern down the bottom. It is the state, but it's something we should all share. But and, but they're a major impact on that. They, if we give them a 99-year lease, and yeah. They'll and they go to a hotel up there. And- mm-hmm. It will be a major It will be a major impact. And it used to be, there used to be a common time. And granted, it's not our road, it's the state, but we can work together with the state, <laughs> with our partner, to make sure that we are managing and mitigating. Mitigating is the key word there. But the other side of it, and the most important side of it is, is the financial side. Right. And so currently... Under the current deal, the company doesn't pay rent, but mm-hmm. rather gives a portion of its revenue to the city. Doesn't, uh, doesn't pay rent to, or taxes. So they don't own the land, they lease the land, so they they pay they don't pay rent, right? According to this article, Quincy received $750,000. That's according to Chris Walker, the mayor's chief of staff. And that's rounded up because what they told us at the city council meeting is in the last 10 years, they collected $4.5 million. And most recently... They said seven hundred, and now it's seven fifty. But we haven't seen any numbers. These are just numbers being quoted by the administration's yeah, office. Yeah, you so haven't seen any kind of detail. Nothing. So it's nice that it's all playing out in the newspaper again. The story is playing out in the newspaper. I think that's a snowplow. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, it should be playing out transparently in the public, and it shouldn't be something that we're only looking at when they're looking for a lease because it's ninety-nine years. So. I would be looking also if they were to get this lease, and I'm not saying they are or they're not, that I would establish time frames that we could go back and kind of check on them. But it looks like he's just saying, you guys did such a great job. We'll just keep the same deal. Well, it is because what they did is they stripped out all of the, hey, you know, the risk The risk was that it was a dump and they were doing all this work. Yeah, they were doing all this work. What do they have to do now? They're always getting paid for tipping money that they're bringing, sorry, tipping money they were bringing in from the, the big dig. But now it's established. So they just kind of took out all of that, you know, building of the golf course out and they left everything else and said, you're doing a great job. We'll just give you 10%. And whatever you bring up there is going to be great for us. Right. It, as, as a business person, no matter what contract I've ever had, I might be doing a great job. And of course, I want to expand on it. But to do that, I'm going to make sure that as I'm expanding, I'm actually being able to deliver the work that I'm doing. But I'm also... Being everybody's getting a fair deal. Nobody's just going to hand it to me. I'm going to have to actually negotiate for those things. Right. So on both sides. I'm not going to give my work away, but I'm also not going to be, you know, they're not going to give it to me without me having to negotiate. Seems like pretty friendly terms. 
think when the original lease was created, mm-hmm. I know the the next mayor went and renegotiated, right? Because because yeah. they weren't really getting enough. Yeah. So the original lease was created underneath Mayor Sheets, and I'm not. I think Mayor Coke at that point was in Chris Walker's job. You know, then Mayor Phelan became mayor, and then he went and renegotiated, and he was the one who got kind of the ten percent gross, ten percent net, and. You know, so you can go and you can open up the lease and renegotiate. There's nothing saying that you cannot, but it's better to establish those things prescriptively at the beginning of something than it is to kind of go back and say, hold up here. Cause it's a lease you're giving them whatever the time period you're giving them. You know, most people like when you, when you rent an apartment, you might get a year to year, you might get a two year, but if the, if your assessed value of your home's going up, you got to pay the taxes. So you're. Rent's yeah. going to go off. Right. So there are reasons why people don't get... Not, not a lot of renters are getting the same deal. No. And, you know, one might say that, you know, this is a... It's a public-private entity. It's a private golf course. Um, you can go up and play up there if you want to. You can pay a lot of money to play up there. It is a beautiful golf course. It has other things that it can do. I am... Again, I'm not being adversarial here. I'm just saying that there is there is room at the table for us to sit down and discuss this. So I think that does it for now on this. That's probably coming up this year, though. Um, so I, I hope they hold. I mean, my hope is, is that they'll be respectful of the people who have come out and realize that this is something that we don't have to rush. We have we do not have any solutions for the traffic. And until we do, we shouldn't be voting on it. Right. OK. So the next thing was uh, the EPA, the consent decree. Mm-hmm. So this has been in the news for quite some time. So. Um, I think it went back to 2021. The city of Quincy was sued by the EPA. Um, and, the, you know, it was a tolling agreement. I believe the EPA walked away from the table. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I, it's going back sometime again. I was just going to say that. The city of Quincy did work with the EPA, and they were able to renegotiate that down and come out with $100 million they have to spend over the next 10 years. And they have to pay $115,000 it's a, it's, a, it's not a fine. It's kind of an agreement. It's civil like, penalty. Civil penalty. Thank you, because it was corrected several times, and you know, quite honestly, the city has done a lot of work, but maybe not the work that the EPA was looking for, and there were things that were definitely problematic. And that is the EPA's job is oversight, and they go out to communities that are supposedly have these agreements, and they make sure that they're, you know, they, that we're doing what we're supposed to do. We have an oversight committee too on the city council. We don't meet very often. I don't think we've met at all, but we're supposed to be looking, you know, at the things that we're doing. Maybe the 99 year lease should be really in the oversight. But the point is, is like you're supposed to be reviewing these things to make sure that they're good deals for the city of Quincy and the taxpayers. EPA is the same thing, but it comes to the Environmental Protection Agency. So what happened was that they went through everything and, and the city was I think that the administration was actually going to push back and sue back. But they decided not to. And they came out with one hundred fifteen thousand dollars fee that they've already paid. And the work that they're doing, but what came out of it, it was a lot of negativity from that comment. There's a lot of presumed negativity, but you know, when you look at something like that, and there was oversight, and there was learnings, and they came to the table and they worked those things through. And you can be, you can be, it's like getting a bad grade on a paper, and you go and talk to the professor, and you realize maybe you missed what you were supposed to be writing about. But in the end, when you talk to him, and you you were able to kind of do a do over, which is kind of what they did, but they brought it down to 115, and they set up established criteria. They have to have certain pivots at certain times during the year that they had to show reports. What we got out of this is that the city of Quincy actually went out and hired a gentleman, just remember his first name, Steve, who's doing the GIS, who's basically using the systems that we have in place that we may not have been using to their 10th degree 
to be able to produce the reports to show that we are doing the street sweeping, that we're doing, we're cleaning out the drainages, that we're doing the work that we're supposed to be doing, we're showing the work that we're showing and being able to produce those reports that the EPA can feel a little bit more comfortable that these things are happening, not just somebody saying we're doing it. Okay. I think we're running out of time. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was, of course, the building department update. There was a meeting, and I I know we didn't get a chance to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Mr. Hines, Commissioner Hines, came in to do the the update, and he had probably like 14, 15 pages of pictures showing us all the work that's being done. And one of the things that I did have a problem with, and I asked this for everybody, I wanted a budget. You have money, you're spending money, taxpayers' money. Show me what you spent the money on. Right. And are you on time and are you on budget? And nothing came out of the budget. I was told they were on time. I was told it was on budget, but I can't, again, where's the transparency there? One of the questions that I did bring up was, again, the Greenleaf building, because right. you, know, you know, the administration said- Any day now, we'll any, be moving in there. Any day. That was months ago. It was like September. And then magically, right after that, we had a podcast. We talked about this. Go up and look in the windows. Take a look yourself, people. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, magically, everything was masked off. You couldn't see anymore. And I noticed that they had hired a plasterer that was plastering. And I asked the question, and they don't have a budget, but they hired a plasterer to go in and plaster the Greenleaf building that they were going to be in because they insisted in 2017, we have to buy this building. We need to move this department in. We need to do it in six weeks. We don't have time. We can't wait. You can go back and watch. It's very exciting to go back and watch old. Nothing better. No, but that seems to be a pattern with them, right? They're, they come in with a lot of things and, and yeah, it's immediacy. Well, we, we, we need to do this now or it's going to cost more. If you don't make this decision now, you won't have a police station. If you don't yeah. make this decision now, we won't have a department place to put our, our building department. Seven years later, we still haven't moved in. If you don't make this decision now, it's it's a 99-year lease. It's going to be the same thing. The problem that I have is that it's one and done. Get it, Say yes, and then they don't come back ever again after you say yes. And we're constantly, and then we're constantly trying to dig and find what are we doing? What they spent. Um, yeah. And why are our taxes going up? Well, if you, have a building, so long. if you bought a building seven years ago, this is very small, but if you bought a building seven years ago and you're still working on it today and you're still hiring contractors to go into work on that project and your taxes are going up, it's being spent someplace and we don't see it. So transparency, right. this is very small, but think about that. That small little problem they have. If you if you let your faucet, I'll use this example because people will know. Does your water bill go up if you leave your faucet going? It certainly does. So you want to find out that leaky, fix that leaky faucet. Well, we want to make sure that we're spending our money in the city clinic appropriately and transparently, so you know what's happening. Because when your taxes are going up, it isn't because you just you get great services. Was that a dig at me? The leaky faucet. Was that? <laughs> was that a dig? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> we got to fix that. <laughs> We also had a leaky faucet over Christmas. <laughs> I haven't got the water bill yet. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think that does it. Uh, this is a very low energy show. It is. My mom, literally, I just got home from being with my mom. Um, she's doing great today, by the way. That's um, great. She's doing great today. She had she, she had a great chicken salad sandwich. <laughs> she loves her chicken salad. All right, but the last thing I wanted to remind people about, or let let them be aware of, is the mayor is having his state of the city address this year. Mm-hmm. He did not have it last year. Again, election year coming up. Um, Tuesday, January thirty first at ten thirty a.m. 
at the Great Hall. And I'm not going to say the McIntyre, whatever. It's City Hall, basically. <laughs> it's in City Hall. So, yeah, and I think it's I think it's appropriate. It's, I think it's important for them to have. Yeah. Rest of them. I, 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 I welcome it. I look forward and to I, it. I think I, I, I read or heard him say that they reflect on a few things in the past, but then look forward. And so it'd be interesting to see what projects they want to tackle. So. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, and I'm looking forward to it. I really do wish everybody a happy 2023. Yeah. So it has to be. We, we're, we're seeing some light. So it's, it's good stuff. And I thank everybody for their, um, I just want to make sure I say thank you because some people knew my mom was in the hospital and people have been very, um, been reaching out and been very supportive. And I really do appreciate it because it is hard to have all the parents. It's hard to have, it's just hard to have somebody that's sick. So thank you very much. Yep. All right. So I think that does it for this week on. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.